Hey, good morning. I'm so glad you're here today. We are going to hear God's word. We've been worshiping, and I am so excited about being able to speak today on something that I saw very brand new at this time of my life, and I just want to share it. I'm so excited about it. So I know you grabbed yourself a coffee. Maybe you got some people with you, and we're going to settle down and hear some good stuff. I like the epistle to James. I like it. After all, he was the brother of Jesus. Now, I can't imagine how difficult that may have been for James, but James had an inside look at a lot of things, and he became the leader later on of the Jerusalem church for a while. But James is a fascinating epistle, but it gets tagged so easily with the beginning, which, if you might remember, is consider it all joy when you encounter trials of various kinds. Well, yeah, James, I hear it. I don't know if I've got it completely in my life, but that epistle gets tagged with that so easily. But I found something in the middle of that chapter that really blew me away. Because James chapter 1 is not merely about trials, but right in the middle of it, we have this beautiful verse in verse 17 that goes like this. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, heavenly lights, who does not change like with shifting shadows. And so suddenly I realize that James opens with trials, but there's this beautiful piece about heavenly gifts that are coming down literally at the same time. So in a real sense, it could be looking at two sides of a coin. But we emphasize the trials a lot. But I think we so often just breeze over that beautiful little verse. And it's all about something that we like. We tend to like gifts, don't we? How about on your desk, there's that bag with all the tissue flying out of it, and somewhere in the bottom of someone's given you a gift. Or maybe it's your birthday, or even somebody on Amazon. We do this in our family. We just send a gift and send it off to one of the people in the family. We generally like gifts. How many of you go, rats, another gift? Who would ruin my day with a gift? Gifts are fun. Gifts are great. And what we hear is it's not a life only about trials as everything is so hard, but God is bringing good gifts to us in our life. In fact, when I look at this, as I unpack it with you today, we realize there are times of trials and there are probably times when we are very aware of good gifts. And then there's that kind of time in the middle that seems so challenging, difficult, when it's not quite this or it's not quite that. And so what I want to do today is look at these three pieces, the good gifts, the time of trials, and that meandering in the middle, because each of those times of our life really speak to necessity of developing character in handling it. So let me begin. Position one, good gifts from above. This is what God is saying about himself. He's not just sitting there not doing anything. 
He's not just sitting there trying to figure out new trials for our life. He is all about bringing good gifts into our experience. The original language uses this word very powerfully, dorima, which speaks of something that's free, something that's benevolent, something that's wonderful, something that's personal, and something that will bless and encourage our lives. The second part of it tells us about God, that he's not like shifting shadows. He's the God who keeps doing this. And in the original language, it doesn't say that there's just one gift at one time, but it's in the present tense. This is the God who is giving us gifts. So that's a wonderful thing in life. You know, I imagine if COVID, and remember COVID times and all of those journeys we were on, it just seemed like life was tough at every single moment. But then God, if we look, has gifts that he gives us. You know, sometimes in my life, it can be hard to see the gifts that God is giving. There used to be an old hymn, it was count your blessings, count them one by one, and somehow you're going to see what God has done. But you know, it's it's an old hymn, but it's still really good advice because it's calling me, calling us to take a look, to look a life, and to see the gifts that God gives us. Well, what kind of gifts does he give us? I think there's a gift of everyday life. Just we have air in our lungs. We have health. We may have a position, hopefully, at a place where we're able to earn a living. Or maybe God is adjusting us from one place to another, but he's caring for us. The people in our life, I tend to believe, are gifts. But it can be the gift of God's forgiveness, the gift of the beauty of creation, the gift of seeing a wonderful animal just out there and what he's made. Gifts can come in so many ways, an unexpected card, a friendly call, a person on the street, someone from the church just calling you to see how you're doing or giving you a text. But God says of himself that he is the God who is giving us heavenly gifts. They come from down. They come down to us from him. Now, I can't imagine how complicated that is for God to be thinking of all that he wants to do throughout the entire world of blessing your life and my life and people around us, but he does give good gifts. I want to remember that because, you know, honestly, it's easy to look at life as just really tough. It's easy to get my eyes focused on the things that are really tough. It's easy for me to get my eyes on the things that aren't happening rather than what are happening. So I want to learn to train my eyes, and this is something I've been working on, to see what God has been doing. And sometimes it's so easy to miss. How about those first warm days of spring? How about the beauty, remember, when the snow was falling and how beautiful it looked as flakes in the sky? Remember a beautiful sunset or a smile on somebody that you live with, or one of your kids, somebody achieving something. A lot of things do come in our life which are considered as good gifts. That's one side of the coin. And yes, there's that time of trials, but that time in which God gives good gifts to us is important in our development. You know why? Because it's good for me to see that God is a good God. He is a great father, and he's a God who's not stingy, but a God 
who is giving things into my life that are not paid for, that's not a dorema, not paid for, not earned, not deserved, but just something free and fun because God loves to do it. And that's important in my development because I get to see an aspect of God which is so very real. He is there and he loves you. And I think in our lives, the gifts that he brings can be quite different. But I want to think with you about where they could be and how they're happening in your life. I imagine so much of it we can just pass by on a day and not realizing he's blessing us. It would be like having all these gifts on our table at work and never opening them, just seeing them in the package. What it does for character development, it gives me the opportunity to thank God for something great that he's done, something beautiful, something magnificent. Back in the days of the Israelites, God actually told them when he did something powerful in their life, build something. Just build a tower, build stones, heap them up on each other, and keep it as a memorial because there's going to be a time you might forget about it. But your children may even ask about it. And I think having a moment of connection between something that God has done in my life and giving him thanks and building a little memorial in my mind isn't a bad idea. But I think we all have these God moments if we think about it for a moment. Can you go back right now and think about the pivotal places where God did something so beautiful? Maybe you got into the school you wanted to get into. Maybe you got into the firm you wanted to get into. Maybe you got that position or something happened in your life that showed you his glory and showed you his power and showed you his love. I think of the shepherds on that night before uh, when we talk about the nativity and everything just opened up in the sky. Well, it doesn't happen every day. If it happened to the shepherds every day, it'd be crazy going to the mall, doing this, doing that. No, these God moments, these gifts, yes, they're through our life each day, but I'm speaking of the ones where we say, God, you really did show up and I needed it and I love you so much. So I think those are the good gifts that are smack in that chapter, one side of the coin. And then we know the chapter begins with this whole thing about trials. That's like the other side of the coin. But you know, I believe just like the good times have a way of developing our character and speak into how we respond to God in that time and set of episodes, the times of trials are also really, really important for our development. In fact, they may be more important in so many ways. Because when we encounter what James says are trials of many kinds, they develop things like perseverance. They develop a stick They develop a sense that no matter if I don't see how God is going to show up, I'm just going to make it through this trial. You know, I like to say that a trial isn't really a trial unless there's something at risk. It's not a game. It's not some kind of video experience. A trial, according to James, is something that really tests what's true of us. And just as the good times call us to respond to a good God and say, I love you, Father, 
When we're in those times of trial, he doesn't send them. Sometimes they just happen. Sometimes people cause them. Sometimes he does bring circumstances together. But in those trials, it causes me to look at myself and to say, David, what do you really believe? Is God going to show up? Is the God who gives you good gifts the same God who can take you through this challenge even though you don't see how it's going to end? And those times of trial have a way of helping us dig down to who we are rather than who we think we are. It can help us understand our doubts and our doubt clusters. It can help us be aware of hurts that we still have within our life, maybe that parent wound, that father wound, whatever wound it is that isn't quite healed yet, and it just surfaces when bad things, tough things come up. So usually in those times of trial, the devices are off and all of this is going on. Those are times that build our character in a way that's different from those good, fun, solid, good gifts times. But they're so vitally important. They may fill in those empty places in our spiritual and emotional and relational life that are crucial to us. And so I know in my car, we have cars, and my car, it's kind of an old Mini Cooper, but it has a slide bar between two points. One is low, one is high on treble or volume or front and back speakers, and I get to move it back and forth. I wish that there was a slide bar on good gifts and on trials because I'd try to shove it over to good gifts, but I can't really do that. So maybe one side of that slide bar are the good times with God when we know that we know that he's done something so wonderful. And then the other side are the trials when we wonder where he is and why he kind of isn't there as we think he should be there. You know, the disciples experienced, shoo, shoo, the slide bar jump across when they fed the 5,000. How would you like to be there? That is a God time. When all of a sudden at that moment they experienced the glory of God. But then soon after they were sent in a boat that evening into a row of three and a half miles in the midst of a wind that was prevailing against them and they saw Jesus walking on the water and someone thought it was a ghost. That's the other side of it. And then Jesus gets in the boat and they realize he's the Messiah. Well, why didn't they realize it when the, the food was being passed out? Well, they did. But there was one response for the good times, and there was another response needed for the hard trial times. But then when you think of the good times, when, when God meets you in a worship service, and his presence seems so close, and he answers that prayer so dynamically, even in days. Or it's as if he heard every word which he did when you call out to him and you go, he's really here. Those beautiful moments of our life are cherished and they call us to just love on that God who loves us so much with those good gifts. But then that slide bar goes to the other side and we get a trial. And just like the disciples were wondering in another storm, is he asleep in the boat? 
We wonder if God is asleep in our lives. Maybe you had a job transition. Maybe you're downsizing. Maybe your kids have had such a challenge with, with being on Zoom and then being in the classroom. Maybe you've just been so filled and understandably with concern or worry or anxiety or even depression, knowing that there's this thing out there which once was there and now it's going in a different direction, we're doing great, that in that time you just saw this unseen thing that was out there that can make people really sick and it was really scary. And so we have this side of that slide bar and that side. But what about the middle? You know, most of the time in, in my car, I set those little slide bars in the middle. And I believe in life, there's that third position. The one position, as I look back, is the good times, when, when God is so certainly there. And then the other side, when you're wondering, God, where are you? But I know you're there, and I know you're going to show up, but this is hard. But then there's that kind of middle position in the slide bar where I usually put things. And maybe that's the 80% of life. I don't know. There's no certainty of this. I'm just looking at this from looking back at my life experiencing and walking God. There's this middle place that, that isn't quite good gifts. Though I know every day I can breathe and I can walk and my hands work and I can thank God for those things, but there, there maybe isn't that sense of wonder and excitement and he's present at this moment. You know, like the shepherds had a lot of days when the skies didn't open up with angels and they were doing a lot of cooking in their little skillets and doing a lot of takeout from whatever restaurant was working and a lot of were hanging out with sheep. It's that middle position because life isn't just when the wonder comes down and life isn't just when things are tough. There's this whole middle ground where there's a lot of peeling potatoes in life. There's a lot of going to the grocery store. There's a lot of finding your credit card that you lost it because you had it over here and not over there. There's a lot of taking kids here and taking kids there, taking parents there, taking parents here. We, we still wash dishes. We still cook. We still do all taking out the trash. There's a lot of life right in the middle. And that takes a different response in our life. If the first response, when the good times are there, is God, I capture this and you show me something about your fatherhood, if the other side is, God, I've seen you do good things and somehow I, I'm tempted to throw out everything I've seen because I don't know where you are right now, but you go through it, that takes a certain response that opens into our life things. That third area is a different response, a third response. The response is God looking and saying, what are you going to do when I'm not opening the skies on top of you every evening, are you still going to follow me? What are you going to do if I'm not about multiplying the food in front of you every time you're hungry? What are you going to do if I seem to be a little distant, but I'm not, but I'm just watching what you're doing? How are you going to live? And when I think of that 80%, I go back to what I believe when I, when I see this book, 
the Bible, I think that 80% of the Christian life, at least for me, in terms of God's direction, is simple. It's just right there in the book. The Bible tells me to forgive people. The Bible tells me to, to give, if I have two of something, to give someone without it the one thing that I have. The Bible tells me if someone asks me to go one mile, to go with them two miles. The Bible tells me not to take a, a predecessor over one person over another, but to treat people, all treat people the same because they're all made in the image of God. That's all right there. I can live in that. And despite the fact that I might not be as close to God for that moment, or the fact that I may not be seeing a super trial at that moment, that response in the middle is so vital because it shows me what I'm about on any given day. And I find my response of, of going into his Bible and looking at the keys and reading the Sermon on the Mount and reading all these pieces of how to live the Christian life how to live the Christian life when great things aren't happening all around you is another piece of character development in our lives. So you hear the Bible's calling us to rejoice with those who rejoice. And you hear in the Bible to weep with those who weep. So there's a time to rejoice and there's a time to weep. And the time to rejoice may be when things seem so good and God seems so close and the time of weeping is, God, I don't know where you are. Have you left me? And those two things take different responses and do character development in different ways. And then you've got this piece in the middle, the middle piece, where it's not quite this and it's not quite that. But that response in our heart is the development of character that is so vital. It's the going to the store and someone cuts in line. It's when someone honks at us and we, how do we respond back to that? It's when someone loses their temper somewhere in a drugstore or in a meat market. How do we then move to that? It's about someone who distrusts, somebody who does it. People are hurting. People in our world are hurting. Jesus said towards the end of days that the love of most, of many, will grow cold. And there's no question that our world seems to be a far chillier place today than maybe in the last years. And so we're living in that world where love is such an absent commodity that when you show that love, it seems so amazing. And that love comes from him. Well, how do I love people when it doesn't seem that he's close to me, even though he is? How do I love people when the trials aren't so heavy, but I'm in that middle position? How do I live my life? How do I give to people? Do I give to people only when I see God? Do I give to people only in the middle of a trial? Or do I give to people in that middle section when nothing seems to be happening in my life and I just seem close. I just have to do what he wants me to do from the book. And so when I think of my life, I see these three areas of places where God can develop this old character. I've seen God do some really powerful things in my life. Things that hopefully you would just stop us in our tracks and just look up and say, God, and it can be as simple as seeing a beautiful red-tailed hawk on a tree on a day on a walk. But there are also times when we know his presence in a worship service so deeply. Or in that prayer time, a mystery that you had suddenly makes sense. 
or the deepest question that is in your life, you called out to God, and in his timing, he gave you an answer. Or he opened the door, because he says of himself that he opens doors that no one can close. And he closes doors that no one can open for our own protection. And so he opens a door, and you know he did it. And he closes a door, and you wonder, why did he do that? But it's down the road you find out for your own protection. And then you find out how good he's really been. I think many times we can look back at our life, and as we look back at our life, we can see what he's been doing because this is what he says. He says, all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. If it was up to me, I would take the slide bar, I think, and move it all to the big good God times. But that wouldn't work. I can't be having the skies opened when I'm having spaghetti dinner and meatballs. I just need to eat the meatballs and eat the spaghetti and clean the dishes. I wish I'd put the slide bar into the middle. No, the middle time where we're just trying to figure out how to do, well, yeah, 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 but, but I, I need that time over here with the trials because the trials test me in a way that the good times and the middle times don't. So they each have their purpose in our life. And in our life, they create character. I want God to build in my life continuing character of looking around and saying, man, people, the church, the volunteers, the things that we do, the things we do and interact with each other, that people really are a gift from God. There are times when it becomes very special. I need to understand the responses when I go to a trial, that how they open up into my life, the, the, the vacant areas, the vacuum areas that need to be filled with his love and filled with his healing and filled with his care. And then I need that middle ground of just doing the things I need to do, ironing, polishing, Driving the car, washing the car, just living life and living life according to his word. And these things, these three things have a real impact on our life. So, so what do I do to get there? In these last minutes, let me, let me shoot off some ideas that, that I do in my own life. If you don't know what God's doing in our life, here's some things. Number one, try to get quiet. Try to turn the devices off. It's a scary thing. But in your room, just sit. Maybe open his word and still your soul and see if that time doesn't give you some reflection. Number two, it's a good time to set priorities. What are my priorities in life? These are times if I don't know what God's doing, I can sit down before him and try to set some priorities. Setting some goals, always such an important thing. And whether I'm in a trial and bring something fresh or in that middle time or the time in which God is so close, I can use that time to produce goals and to bring goals forward. I think I can give to others. I give to others in the good gifts time which he blesses my life. I bless others. 
I think when I'm going through a trial, do I continue to give or do I stop giving? Big character point there. So in that, I, I can begin to give. And I can give in that middle time when I'm not seeing the blessing for whatever reason because I don't give to bless myself. I give to bless other people. So all of these things are character developments. I, I can read, read things I haven't read before. Sometimes reading a new Christian book or just reading the, the epistles of the New Testament or reading the Gospel of John, God can speak into our life. And then maybe it's community. I love the small group ministry here at Mendham Hills Community Church because community really is a gift from God. You know, when I'm in community with other people, and I'm hanging out in a small group, I don't get to just hear my own God moments. I don't get to just see and hear my own trials. I don't get to just meander through that middle section. I get to hear about other people and their experiences with God. So maybe my math isn't always that good, but if I have 10 people in my small group and then I'm number 11, I've got 10 other people who can share with me if they share how they've experienced God. And I learn from that. It makes me richer. I can learn from those experiences. So my big encouragement is this. I still love James as an epistle. But I know it's not just about trials. And I know life isn't just about trials. I know that James talks about the other side of the coin. And that is while we're still having trials, he's giving good gifts to us. And in the Greek, it's present tense, which means it's continuous action. It's not a one-stop deal. And so I take from this Something simple. Try to think of the slide bars. This sec, over here, and that meandering in the middle. And realize that every time we have an experience with God, it can be used by Him to develop character in my life. And I still believe that character counts. Despite everything we see in our world, Character still counts. And I'm not done yet. So I'm into looking at these three positions in the slide bar. Reading James, the brother of Jesus. God bless you today. I hope this has been valuable for you.